It is time for the NASCAR DFS Strategy Show right here on awesomeo.com. Happy Saturday afternoon to everyone out there. Hopefully you're having a good start to your weekend. Uh, Phil, uh, how's your weekend off to a start, man? Good. Um, it is a beautifully blustery day here in the Southern Plains. It looks like it's going to be a great afternoon to get some yard work done. Yeah, it is. Uh, it is still blistering hot here in Florida, man. It is. Uh, you know, they tell us falls around the corner. They tell us that, but uh, it still feels like summer here. I don't know. If, is it still feeling like summer there in Oklahoma? Uh, it, it hasn't for a couple of weeks, and I miss it. Yeah, it's. Uh, I mean, we had like one day of like cooler weather, and then uh, yeah, we haven't had since. So uh, yeah, I'm 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 looking forward to a little bit of a cooler weather. I'm I'm definitely a guy that likes to kind of hang out in, in a hoodie, and you know. But uh, I'll take my Florida weather any day of the week over that Northeast weather that I know uh, people are obviously dealing with. But of course, uh, we are here to talk about the Hollywood Casino 400. Uh, I guess overall. Obviously, you've had some articles up over at Osmo.com over the past couple of days. Uh, what's kind of uh, your general thought on this race in terms of DFS? Uh, it's your typical cookie-cutter intermediate one-and-a-half-mile oval. And, I mean, we've got plenty of these on the, uh, on, the, uh, on, on the circuit as it is. I mean, this... If you exclude the two-mile ovals, I know some people like to like to consider Auto Club and Michigan as part of the intermediate tracks, but I mean, really, they're two-mile super speedways. So if you just look at mile-and-a-half intermediate ovals, this will be our 10th race of the year. We've got plenty of past race data this year to, to, look, back at, to look back on. If you want to get into the specifics, we can talk about the left side versus the right side tire, which narrows it down to four. We've got plenty of Kansas races to, to go back at. So, you know, unlike what we've kind of been dealing with, we've actually got some good data to look at to make better informed decisions this week. Yeah, I know. I was, uh, we're going to get into some of the things that you wrote over at awesomeo.com, uh, particularly about the pole sitter. We'll get into that here uh, momentarily, but uh, let's, let's talk about roster construction when we're talking about uh, cash and, and also GPP. Let's, let's start on the, uh, the GPP side of things. Cause I know that's where a majority of people do like to play. Uh, but, uh, you know, talk about, uh, you know, how you're building your GPP lineups. Yeah. GPPs this week. If, if you have any more than three dominators in your, in your lineup, then click the clear button, start back over 267 laps. There's, you know, it's a fair amount of dominator points to go around on DraftKings, but it's not that many at the very most. We'll see a three dominator, um, centric centric lineup at the minimum we could have two and Kyle Bush because of where he's starting with this place differential he kind of throws a, a, a wrench into that um, if you're playing cash still kind of like some of us degenerates that you know you still believe that there's a little bit of an edge to get even though that the the cash fields have shrunk considerably it's definitely a two dominator uh, week for uh, for your cash fields on DraftKings. Yeah, well, we'll, we'll actually, we got a question about dominators, and we can get right into that question. Uh, you know, how many dominators do you think is optimal? Maybe go two dominators with some mid-range guys to be a little different. Um, really, I, I played around with with both. I um, I've been messing around a lot more with the fantasy cruncher settings because I mean, fantasy cruncher is going to do a whole lot better job than I am with with uh, with my hand building. And I played around with my dominator pool saying, give me a minimum of these two guys while also giving me a maximum of, mm-hmm. of these three guys. And I played, played around with that. And quite, quite frankly, 
you know, I didn't dislike either either build. There were some builds that were top heavy with Chase and Martin or Chase and Denny, Martin and Denny, um, you know, who, whoever you want to add in that lineup that looked a little bit more more balanced because we weren't adding in a, in a third uh, dominator. But then I had some lineups that had a Chase, Truex, Ryan Blaney, or and or uh, Kyle Busch, and those lineups look look good too. It's just it's really just dependent on how you see this this race going. If you think that this is going to be a typical intermediate green from start to finish kind of race, then you are probably looking at more of a two two dominator build. If you think that things are going to get a little bit racy in this in this event as playoff drivers try to you know stamp their ticket to to Phoenix, then we may be looking at a three dominator build with increased cautions. Yeah, I know you uh, you talked about the playoff aspect, and obviously it's something that we have to look at from a, a DFS perspective in terms of who can advance on to that next stage. Is there is there a driver that's you know in that mix that you kind of look at and say, man? This driver might take some chances. I think it's going to be out of everybody, the the guy that I don't know what his ownership's going to be because of where he's where he's at on both both sites. He, he's underpriced on on DraftKings, but he's overpriced on FanDuel. And I'm talking about Alex Bowman. Bowman has the capability to come into this in, into this race and lead laps and actual and actually win. Uh, you know, Bowman's not in a good place as far as his playoff points are are at he keeps moving forward because he keeps pointing his way in he keeps running you know pretty solid and and moving his way in from round to round and you know that's not going to work now i mean you've got to be four out of you've got to beat you know these other guys and uh, be one of the top four drivers out of the eight remaining and i mean if you really if you don't get wins and you're not either Kevin Harvick or Denny Hamlin, you're going to have a tough time getting in there. So Bowman is the guy that I've got my eye on that might do some things different this week in order to try to get himself to the lead and hold on to it. Yeah, there was a couple of drivers we'll get into in terms of uh, some salary differences between DraftKings on FanDuel, depending on, on where that you do like to play your DFS. But, of course, as always, we like to uh, break down these salaries in terms of tier uh, tier number one are your drivers that are in the 11K and 10K range on DraftKings. Tier two, 9K and 8K. Tier three, seven and six. And then tier four is 5K and under. And uh, as we look at this uh, this tier number one of drivers, you've got Chase Elliott on the pole. You've got Martin Truex Jr. starting fifth. Denny Hamlin starting seventh. Kevin Harvick fourth. And Brad Kozlowski starting eighth. I want to start off with Chase Elliott because you went uh, in one of your pieces this week where you talked about the track history here and the pole sitter. Yeah, I mean, kind of what you would expect at an intermediate oval is that if you're the pole sitter and you get the clean air, you can just sail off, make it tough to make it tough to pass. Kansas is a low wear tire track, so I mean. You don't have to baby your baby your tires like if you were at uh, Darlington or Atlanta. You can just sail off and go on go on your way, kind of like what we witnessed at Texas a couple of weeks ago. So if you look at the laps led data page of the of the the race sheets, I mean, the 2015 season was kind of anomalous. The pole sitter didn't do anything in those in those years. Led 29 and 28 laps in both those races, and then we've got the spring race where Kevin Harvick was, was on the pole. And I talked about this in the, 
in the article, it's so weird. Kevin Harvick on the pole has been exactly where we don't want him this year. He has failed considerably as a dominator option on, on the pole. That's where he started. He got passed immediately by Joey Logano, who also happens to start, start second again in this race. And it wasn't until much later in the race that he finally got to the, to the lead via some pitch strategy, led nine laps, and then just uh, faded again. Last year in this same race, uh, weird circumstances where Daniel Hembrick ended on the pole and David Reagan started next to him. Well, you know, what do you expect with Daniel Hemrick on the pole? He led four laps and then immediately fell back and finished 23rd. You take away all of those weird instances. The pole sitter has done, has done amazing. I believe leading over 80 laps per race, 40, 40 on average, 40 fastest laps per, per race. Uh, you've got four wins in the, in, in that time. I mean, it is just, it's been money basically to roster the pole sitter. So your question is, can we trust Chase Elliott in this spot? The last time that we saw Chase Elliott as the pole sitter, you got to go back to Phoenix before COVID hit, and he was one of the main dominators that day. The only other issue that I'm that I'm having, and I, I, I talked to you about this before we started the started the video, is that when I wrote up the video and wrote up the uh, the article yesterday, and I was going through the stats, I mean, it just looks so clear. That we've got these anomalies, you get rid of those anomalies, and then you, your, your pole sitter here at Kansas has done a, a bang-up job. But for some reason, pole sitters at our intermediate tracks this year, they, they just haven't done, haven't done so well. So let's, let's start off with, with this. Kyle Busch at Las Vegas in February led zero laps. Now, how can we explain that? Well... He failed and he failed technical inspection, had to fall to the fall to the back. And he worked his way back up there. But I mean, that's that's no surprise that he didn't lead any laps. You go to the first Charlotte race, Kurt Bush led a grand total of 54 laps. Then the next Charlotte race, William Byron just led 11. At Kentucky, Kyle Bush led nine laps from the pole. Mm-hmm. Then you go to Texas, Eric Almarola only led 35 laps. Then the next Kansas race we talked about, Kevin Harvick led zero laps to begin with and only nine laps as a, as a whole. And then in Las Vegas, just a couple weeks ago, Harvick once again started on the pole and led zero laps. Is there anything to this? Is it a weird trend? Mm-hmm. It's 2020. Who knows? I think the thing that I want to, I, I want to, to blame this on Mm-hmm. is that e- basically ever since COVID hit, I mean, drivers are going into these races blind, hoping that their crew chiefs get their setups right at the shop. And if you don't get your setup right at the shop, then you're a sitting duck waiting to waiting to get past. So can we trust the nine team to have this, ha- have this set in? We're hoping so. And something that further complicates this is that we're looking at a lap 25 um, caution so that the the tires can be can be inspected. I mean that's another opportunity for Chase Elliott to 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 lose this lead. Mm-hmm. So where I stand right now is that I'm I'm going to say in cash that Chase is probably one of the the pillars that you want to build around. But it's 2020 and there's a lot of reason to get off of Chase in tournaments. Now, when you look at the the rest of the drivers in this tier, uh, you know, Truex, uh, 11,000 on DK, 12,500 over on FanDuel. Hamlin, 10,600 on DK, 13,500 on FanDuel. 
Uh, you talked about Harvick there, 10,413 2 on FanDuel, 10-4 on DK. And Brett Kozlowski, 10.1 on DraftKings, 12,000 on FanDuel. I know we got a question in relation to Brett Kozlowski, kind of, you know, who who you thought you know, had a better shot of winning him or Joey Logano. For consistency's sake, I'm going to say Keslowski because we had. I don't think that we've had these ebbs and flows with Keslowski like we've what like we've experienced with Logano, and Logano, quite frankly, might be another guy that he needs practice like Kyle Kyle Busch because I mean the the very beginning of the season Logano was running great. He won the Las Vegas race, did so so at Auto Club, then came back and won at Phoenix, and ever since then he hasn't he hasn't won. Uh, Brad has. I believe two or three wins. Yeah, he. I, I believe that he won, won the the Bristol race, won the New Hampshire race, and there may be another uh, another win sitting in there that I that I can't remember. Um, I believe Brad's run pretty consistent compared to compared to Joey. And looking here at their Kansas numbers, Brad actually has a win to his name over the last three years, while Joey's best finish is a is a third. And in the most ra- recent race here at at Kansas that was run back in back in either June or July, Brad came home and finished second after leading, I believe, uh, 40 to, to 50 laps. So, and that one V one, I'm definitely going to go with Brad over Joey. Uh, you know, um, Truex Jr. What's your, what's your take on him here? Truex. Like, I think that if you're not going to start your lineup with, with chase and, you know, crap, this, this could be applicable to, to cash. Like if you don't feel safe with chase as the most expensive driver starting on the pole, you're kind of worried about these trends that we've seen, seen this year, whether there's actually something to them or not, then going to Truex, he he makes a lot of sense. He's a guy that you should definitely have as a, as a dominator option. And if he's your highest owned dominator, I, I love that. He's been, he's run super con- consistent here at Kansas. He had back-to-back wins in the 2017 season. His worst finish here was in the spring 2019 race when he finished 19th, and that was due to some pit road shenanigans. Uh, the 19 team slash 78 team, they've always had some weird things late in the race where Truex has blown uh, races because of his uh, his pit crew, and that was another one of those circumstances. You know, he led some laps that race, probably should have probably should have won and didn't end up winning because of his, his pit team. Go back to the fall, the, the fall, the, the, the summer night race finished third. You look at his averages, 112.8 uh, driver rating, second best in the, in the field, uh, leading the second most laps on average, 40.7, 27.7 fastest laps. He's been super consistent here. The, you know, it doesn't matter what package they're, they're screwing around with when they come to Kansas his team, him himself, they always consistently run well, and he's a guy that I really like this week. And, of course, uh, this is a NASCAR DFS strategy show right here on Awesomeo.com. And, of course, be sure to sign up for an Awesomeo Plus package right now over at Awesomeo.com for nearly every DS sport, DFS sport that's out there. Get an Awesomeo Plus weekly pass for twenty nine ninety five. Gives you full access to our player projections, ownership projections, our premium Slack channel, and so much more. And if you just want a NASCAR weekly pass, you can sign up right now for only $9.95 to get you ready for tomorrow's race. So go there, awesomeo.com, right at the top hand, left-hand side of the screen. You'll see Awesomeo Plus. Click on that, and you can sign up for 
a, a full weekly pass here at Osmo for all of the sports we have out there. Or if you just want a NASCAR pass, you can sign up there uh, at Osmo.com for a NASCAR weekly pass, which gets you in that Slack channel, which you can go in there right now and uh, you can see the race sheets. You know, so that's that's something. And of course, uh, Phil's always in there answering questions. Of course, if you, if you do have a question for the show, leave it in Slack or leave it on YouTube. We will get to those as we do go on. But uh, Phil, let's get into tier number two. Of course, this is the 9K and 8K drivers on DraftKings. So we got uh, Kyle Busch, who's starting 20th, who uh, Fancy Cruncher loves. Uh, just doing a dummy crunch, and uh, yeah, they love him in this spot. Uh, Ryan Blaney starting 9th. Uh, Logano, we just mentioned, he's starting 2nd. Jimmy Johnson, 14th. William Byron, 10th. Clint Boyer, 12th. Alex Bowman, who you mentioned a little while ago, 6th. Eric Jones, 11th. Kurt Busch, 3rd. And Eric Amarola, 16th. Uh, let's talk. Let's talk about Kyle Busch because uh, Fancy Cruncher and those dummy crunches is loving him on both on both slates. Right. Um, Kyle is perfect for for cash this week. Like you, you can you don't have to make a decision about going cat, uh, Kyle versus a second dominator. You can easily just go two dominators in cash plus Kyle, and then fill out your fill out your roster. It, it's easy because Kyle's underpriced this week on on DraftKings. He's up there at eleven two on on FanDuel, so you're going to have to make some some decisions there. But specifically for DraftKings, he's a great uh, place differential play there at ninety nine hundred. Um, I think the jumping off point for tournaments is can you get away with a single dominator plus Kyle because of his place differential, and then build around that with uh, with a really kind of balanced balanced lineup i don't think that's the way that you should go i think probably what's still going to be optimal if you play kyle is the the, the two dominator build uh plus kyle yeah kyle former winner here he's he's run well of of late in the spring race he uh he led laps ended up finishing 11th on the on the day but you go to these uh the previous two uh, fall Kansas races finishes of third and second. Uh, he's he's been a dominator here before, averaging 32 laps led over the last seven races, 28.1 fastest laps over over that time. Mm-hmm. Um, you want to talk about motivation? He's got nothing else to race for. He is out of the playoff picture. He has got nothing else to do but hunt trophies. And you know if he doesn't get a victory before uh, before the end of the season. It's going to kill his uh, his his winning streak of 15 straight seasons with at least one win, and you know the, these numbers they matter to Kyle. You know he's already talked about you know wanting to have 300 career uh, NASCAR victories in all three major series before he ends up retiring. So if he's worried about that kind of number, then a a winning streak uh, over a consecutive seasons that's going to matter to him as well. So you have to like that idea with with Kyle that he's going to be going out these final few races, head hunting, looking looking for a victory. Kyle playing cash, playing uh, playing in tournaments, great play this week. Yeah, I mean you you look at the uh, the point differential, a place differential. He could be there starting twentieth. Uh, your next uh, you know highest starter here is Amarola at, at the sixteenth spot. Amarola is a guy that I like for. Uh, for tournaments at at eight at eight K on DraftKings, and once again, he's still kind of overpriced on FanDuel at at ten K. But I mean, that's just the reality. His price and Kurt Busch's price, Eric Jones's price, 
Alex Bowman, their, their numbers aren't coming down uh, probably for the rest of the season. But Almarola, you get a driver starting 16th. You look at his average. You look at his average finish at nine, uh, 15.3, but that's dragged down by a 38th in the spring 2017 race. Everything else besides that, sixth in sixth in June, 23rd in this race last fall, but then 12th, 10th, 9th, and 9th. So you're probably talking about a top 10 driver starting 16th that's going to pick you up some place differential get you a top 10 finish that's a guy that you should really like this week uh looking at some other uh drivers in the spot uh ryan blaney starting ninth 9700 over on DraftKings, 11-4 over on fanduel blaney i, I don't know how people are gonna handle him he, he's a guy that i, I i'm kind of tossing up like alex bowman you know he's out of the of course he's out of the playoff picture um but this is the track that, that, that suits Blaney. And the, the 12 team has been super fast in these intermediate tracks all season. You know, if you don't just look at the, 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 the tire package that they're running this year, like if you look at all nine of those intermediate track races, day and night combined, Blaney's got the best average finish of 7.2. No wins, but four top fives, uh, seven top tens, averaging 27.1 fastest laps which is best in the field, and then 30.8 uh, laps later. You know, of course, that's that's not best. That's maybe, yeah, third best. But the number that you should pay attention to are those fastest laps. Uh, he's led laps here before. He's a guy that I've definitely got in my in my dominator pool, and he's the easiest pivot off of, off of Kyle Busch if you're afraid that Kyle's going to end up coming in with heavy ownership this week. One of the uh, drivers that was coming up uh... – towards the top in terms of, of the dummy crunches that I did was Kurt Busch starting third. Obviously, uh, you know, you mentioned about, you know, the laps led as a potential there, but what's your, what's your thoughts on him for this race tomorrow? Yeah. You know, I'm kind of up and up, up in the air about Kurt, uh, about Kurt because his numbers here, you know, the, you have to like them. We've got basically, you know everything's a top twenty finish at the at the at the least, but then you toss out the an eighteenth place finish and a nineteenth place finish, and you know he's consistently run in that four that that fourth to seventh place kind of kind of position. The thing that kneecaps him this week is that he starts third, so you know he really doesn't have any place differential to offer. You need him to lead some laps, like you don't need him to be a major dominator in this race with his price tag but you're going to need something out of him because he's inevitably probably going to, going to fall back. And another thing in his, in his corner is the most uh, recent intermediate race that we were at, he won. So if those race notes transfer over into this race, because they're using the same right side tire that they did at Las Vegas, then that plays into Bush's hands. Uh, you know, in terms of uh, some other drivers uh, here in this, uh, Jimmy Johnson starting 14th, uh, Clint Boyer 12th, William Byron 10th, Eric Jones 11th. They're all kind of in that that same group. Yeah, you know, the Johnson, Byron, Boyer, Jones. These are all guys that I think that you should have some exposure to in tournaments. These are guys that definitely have the capability to get a top get a top five to a top ten finish. Uh, Boyer. His last race at Kansas. This is technically his home, his hometown track. He's got a couple of top fives in his in his pocket. Uh, the, the narrative with with Jimmy is always going to be that this is his last season in that in NASCAR. So you know, always trying to trying to chase a win. Don't know if it's really going to going to be there. 
And Jones, like, Jones has really been super, like, top five consistent here at Kansas. I don't know what it is about this track versus other intermediate tracks that he prefers this place. But you go back his last five finishes, it's fifth, seventh, third, fourth, and seventh. Now, his laps led average, it's only 0.3. So, I mean, he's running top five, but he's not getting to the lead, which, you know, we really, we don't like. But starting 11th, he does have some place differential. So that makes him definitely a GPP option. Of course, this is a NASCAR DFS strategy show. Be sure to hit that thumbs up button right here on YouTube. Subscribe, hit that notification bell so you know when we have new content here. Of course, we got you covered all weekend long to get you ready for tomorrow's NFL action. Also uh, coming up at 2.30 Eastern time today, myself and Josh Engelman will be on for MMA Live for Lock. Get you ready for uh, this, uh, I guess, afternoon's MMA action. Uh, early, uh, early start time of 4 p.m. Eastern time for the prelims. So we'll get into that. Of course, uh, if there's ever a time that uh, you missed the NASCAR DFS strategy show live, we are a part of the Oswell Podcast Network, so you can check out the show there. And, of course, uh, ever have any questions for Phil, you can hit him up on Twitter or our premium Slack account as well. Let's move on to uh, tier number three. And I uh, do want to mention a question that uh, Wyatt asked. He goes, is Ricky Stenhouse someone we should be looking at this weekend? Uh, Ricky Stenhouse is in this tier three, starting 23rd, 74 on DK. 63 on FanDuel. Yeah. Out of all of the guys just in the in the 7K range, part of this part of this tier, he's probably the safest. I hate to say it because of that of that uh that starting position. And you know, if you look at his numbers, of course, go back to the June race, he finished dead last, but that that was a weird part of the season where him and his teammate like there was something weird going on at the shop where both of these guys were having mechanical issues or like they, they would, they would synchronize with each other and fi- and both find a way to wreck out. It was the, it was the oddest thing. So I'm not going to worry about that dead last finish, but you, you look back at what he did when he was racing for Roush reverse order of the finishes, 16th, 11th, 20th, 11th, 29th, 11th. So, you know, a lot of 11th place finishes, but you know, basically a a a top 15 uh finish a top 15 driver and i'll i I mean you you can't argue with that for for cash now if you're going to go the two dominator build plus kyle bush you are not going to be able to get up to ricky stenhouse jr but if you just do a two dominator build and exclude kyle bush then you necessarily need to have stenhouse in your lineup yeah, looking at uh, some drivers uh, in this this tier, the ones that kind of, uh, in terms of price point, kind of stuck out to me besides uh, Stenhouse Jr. with the differences uh, was Bubba Wallace, 69 on DK, 55 over on FanDuel. And then uh, the other one, Ryan Pierce, 6,300 on DK, but 5,000 on FanDuel. Yeah, Bubba, I, I believe FanDuel priced him according to his his track history, which I mean, somehow Bubba has found a way to finish worse as his time here at this track has gone, gone on. It has gone 23rd, 26th, 29th, 35th, and then 37th in the, in the June race. He is by, by hook or by crook, just found a way to continue to, to, to finish worse. So that's why you're looking at the depressed salary on, on FanDuel for, for what it's worth. I think I've got a little bit of Bubba, 
across my my 20 lineups but but not that but not that much because I, I just don't know how much of a ceiling he has at a track like this starting starting 24th now if you want to play him on DraftKings like I'm doing you know I don't think I would play him in cash because I would much rather go down to Matt Kenseth or Ryan Newman who have better track history uh, for, for tournaments than you know pivoting off of those guys for Bubba uh, makes sense and on on FanDuel at 5500 I'm just I'm, I'm gonna either pivot to John Hunter Nemechek or just go somewhere else yeah uh I mentioned about the dummy crunch I did right before the show Matt Kenseth was one of those drivers that uh came up a ton a ton uh what what you know you just kind of mentioned Kenseth there a little bit yeah um there's a ghost in the attic with me if I if I if I get a dragged away y'all casper's in there with you yeah <laughs> tell tell DraftKings to send my money to my wife um matt kenseth god i was trying to think, well who are we even talking about before i my life flashed before my eyes matt kenseth the, the most recent race that, that he's got under his belt is what happened back in june and that was a, that was the 17th place finish the thing that you're the reason that you're playing kenseth this week is that he starts 30th He's kind of in the in the middle there on DraftKings at, at sixty six hundred, but once again in this six K range. Not talking about John Hunter Nemechek, he's probably the the safest the safest driver in in this range in tournaments. I would much rather go up to to Chris Busher, mm-hmm. and God, I I don't want to play Ryan Newman. I Newman is just kind of bleh. Mm-hmm. I don't know if he. I don't even know if he has a floor at this point. I don't think he really has a has a ceiling. Like the only race I could even conceivably consider playing him in are are restrictor plate races. And I even can I even question, you know, after his wreck at Daytona, if he's even really trying to race those uh, events mm-hmm. as hard as he as he could. So you know, really out of those three, I prefer Busher for for tournaments on DraftKings. Kenseth is probably the better bet for 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 cash because of that place differential and Newman. I'm I'm just leaving him alone. You, you know, looking at this tier of the drivers that are the most expensive on the FanDuel side of things. So you got uh, Reddick, Matty D, and uh, Cole. So Cole's eight thousand, Matty D's eighty five hundred, and Tyler is nine K on FanDuel. Yeah, uh, Cole is a is a bet. On guys like Stenhouse, Bell, Bubba, Busher, Kenseth, that whole that whole group, finding it tough to pass tomorrow, not moving their way forward, and possibly losing a lap and getting getting stuck there, while Custer remains on the lead lap because of his starting position. I really don't like Custer that that much. I wrote him up as a tournament option this week because of because of you know that, but I mean, you are literally having to tell yourself a story to make to make Custer work, and why you're going to play him over the rest of these guys. Um, I really don't know what to think about about Christopher Bell. He starts 22nd. Yeah, he can probably pick up a pick up a few positions, but he he may be maxed out, kind of where where he's where he's at. Um, you know, we go up to in this same uh, tier. We've got Matty D starting 18th at 7,700 and Austin Dillon starting 17th at 7,500. 
out of the two, I prefer I prefer Austin Dillon, and I think that Dillon's Dillon is in that same conversation as Tyler Reddick, where their starting position is probably going to scare some people off, and their their prices mm-hmm. are elevated to a to a point that you'd much rather just go down. But these are guys that can hang on to the lead lap, stay there, and if this race ends up kind of like what happened in June, then maybe we've got some late cautions. They take two tires or no tires, much like they did in the Texas race, advance their way up and end up sneaking away with a, with a top 10 finish that they definitely didn't deserve. Got a question about a couple of drivers in this tier, wanting you to rank them. Austin Dillon, Stenhouse, Bell, and Custer. Oi. Okay. I'm gonna say I'm I'm going Stenhouse, Dylan, Bell, Custer. So basically, we're going down the 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 prices, but I'm just flipping Dylan and Stenhouse, and I'm giving Stenhouse the nod simply because of place differential. I, I get you on that one. I think we pretty much uh, pretty much hit on everyone in that tier. Of course, uh, before we move on to tier number four, do want to let you know about our NFL Weekly Express Pass for only three ninety five. That's right. Only three ninety five. You can purchase an NFL Weekly Express Pass, which now includes everything you need for NFL Showdown and single game contest formats. You get access to our Showdown single game player projections, ownership projections, and the top place pool when you purchase this pass. In addition to player rankings, lineup builder light, ownership rankings, and the top stacks express tool. It's the best offer we've ever had for this pass. So for go right now to awesome.com slash join to sign up for three dollars and 95 cents and uh yeah i think we're getting we're gonna have a lot of these single game showdown uh in nfl as uh i remember last night i was out and you know i'm, I'm so in tune to the bucks world i i sometimes only what's going on outside of a buck world i don't see i didn't realize like we got a monday night game at like 4 30 eastern time on monday my goodness, I know what I won't be doing at work. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's, it's, uh, yeah, I, I saw that. I was like, wow, that's an early start. Man, people on the West Coast have got to be really enjoying that one. Man, it's, yeah, for uh, sure. <laughs> yeah, when you're on the West Coast and for those, those Saturday morning college games, yeah, it's awesome. Just wake up at nine o'clock in the morning, pop on the TV, and there's college football waiting there for you. But of course, we got you covered all weekend long for NFL coverage. So keep it locked here. I know, uh, on, on the contrary, we'll be coming up here later on today. So you got to check that out. But, uh, Let's move on to tier number four, Phil. This is the uh, drivers that uh, in the 5K and 4K range on DraftKings. Uh, the one that uh, I think really stuck out to me, and this was more about the the price than anything else in the comparison between the two slates, was Michael McDowell starting 26 while he's 5,700 on DK. He's 7,200 on FanDuel. Yeah, you know, I hate to say it, but on FanDuel, I, I really do not like that price for for Michael McDowell. I mean, like if you're if you're playing cash, you've mm-hmm. you've got to do something different besides paying that much for, for for Michael McDowell. And you know, McDowell's had a good had a good season, but seventy two hundred for for McDowell starting twenty six. Like if he was in the thirties, then we're having a conversation. But starting twenty six, I I think you're you're going you're going elsewhere. Um, that being said, for DraftKings, he's only fifty seven hundred. And like, if you don't want to play Corey LaJoy and you don't want to play Ty Dillon, you don't want to play John Hunter Nemechek or play both of them and you want to swap to somebody else. I mean, 
fully fully aboard going with with Michael McDowell. Um, if you look at what he's done in the four races that combine the left side, the right side tires, so we're talking about the two Charlotte races, Kansas, as well as the Las Vegas race, then McDowell's average finish is, is 20, 20.3. So, I mean, that's, that, that's favorable, and um, that's better than what you're getting out of Corey LaJoy or, or Ty Dillon. So I think that McDowell... He may have the mm-hmm. may have the better better ceiling out of the out of those three guys and be be preferable for for draftees. In terms of uh, the bottom end of this, because we got a question about him, and that's Brennan Poole, forty seven hundred on DK, and he's a bare minimum three thousand over on Fanduel. Says if we are forced to go all the way down, is it okay to play Brennan Poole if that is my only scrub play? Yeah. Um, and that that's a good good question because it brings up brings up this with roster construction. At at the max, you should have one punt this week, like mm-hmm. because of the two hundred sixty seven laps. There's no reason why you should be double double punting, and the reason that you would have a um, exposure to a driver in this area is because you've gone multiple dominator plus Kyle Busch, um, and a lot of people are going to have the salary where they're just going to play. Corey LaJoy starting 29th and just say, you know, I'll take the, the quote unquote safest driver out of, out of this, uh, out of this area. But yeah, if you're in this area, the guy that I ended up with the most was Brennan Poole myself. Um, I was playing with the, playing with the randomness in the, in 20 max with my, my roster construction builds. And one of those times I ended up with 80% Brennan Poole. So it, it, believe me, the, Fantasy Cruncher will force you to Brennan Poole because he probably has the best ceiling out of all of these guys. In, in terms of uh, everyone else uh, in the spot, so we got uh, you know Ty Dillon, 25th, Daniel Suarez, 27th, Corey LaJoy, 29th, James Davidson, 33rd, J.J. Yelly, 34th, Timmy Hill, 37th, Josh Balicki, 39th, Joey Gates, 38th, Chad Fincham, 40. Mentioned about Brennan Poole starting 35th. Then you got uh, Reed Sorns, 36th, and then uh, Quinn Hoff starting 31st. Yeah, I, I like Brennan Brennan Poole, but really, there's no reason why you can't just go all the way down this week to to Quinn House. Uh, minimum on both both sides. Yeah, starting starting thirty first, it's not it's not preferable because it it feels like he is basically basically capped out. But if you look at those four corollary races that we were talking about before, his average finish is actually better than Brennan Poole's. It's thirty one and a half versus thirty two point three. In fact, out of all of these guys on DraftKings priced 5300 or uh, or below. Quinn's actually got the best average finish in those four corollary races. Like the the only real risk that you're taking with Quinn is that he could conceivably lose positions and you know kind of end up kind of going negative on you, but there is a little upside here. Um Quinn in the spring race, he started he started fairly high for a punt too. That was 29th, but he ended up finishing 24th. So, you know, a little attrition ended up on his side and he, and he moved his way, moved his way forward. So yeah, I think safety wise, it's probably, it's probably Brennan Poole. but if you're down here and you find yourself multiple times playing with a punt, there's no reason why you can't just play how. Of course, uh, for our premium subscribers, Alex just uh, updated the ownership projections for tomorrow's race, so go over to awesomemode.com. Of course, if you're not a premium member, 
You can sign up today. Sign up for that weekly pass, a NASCAR weekly pass for nine ninety five, or if you want everything we have over Osmo, twenty nine ninety five for a weekly pass. Just go to Osmo.com slash join to sign up today. And uh, looking at these punt plays and over on DK, Bryn Poole is is the most popular in terms of the punt plays. Yeah. Uh, let me find him. Yep. Yeah. You know, if you're if you have the, the salary for for Brent, at, at Brandon Poole and you've got a little bit left over, maybe the play this week is going to to Gase. Gase is back in the in the fifty one. The fifty one out of all of the Rick Ware cars has kind of been the one that gets the preferential treatment in in terms of setup and, and horsepower. And Gase only starts two two uh, two spots short of the uh, of dead last. So thirty eighth. He may finish, you know, 30th to 32nd. Mm-hmm. And in this race in the spring, he finished 20, 29th. So, you know, Gase is another punt that I, that I don't mind because because simply of the vehicle that he's in. Of course, uh, if you do have any questions, uh, put those in Slack right now. Also, put them on YouTube. We will get to those questions to uh, break all this one down for you. Uh, of course, uh, I've got a ton of coverage coming here today on awesome.com so keep it locked here. Be sure to hit that subscribe button, hit that notification bell, so you know when we do have a new show that is live. And, of course, as always, as I mentioned, uh, majority of our shows are also available on the Osmo Podcast Network. Uh, James uh, brings up an interesting t- a question here in terms of a single-entry uh, roster construction. 8,000 left on the table. Is that too much? Woo! I don't know what you're doing with your with your lineup, but if you've got that much left over that you have uh you have done something very very uh interesting i mean i i, I can't even uh, think of what you've what you've done with your with, with your with your lineup i mean this definitely isn't a a plate race by any by any means uh this isn't going to be another repeat of the of the roval race yeah you need to you need to start over yeah i, I when, when i saw the question immediately come in my, my mind started kind of going of like Okay, you've got to have like a Brennan Pool and a Quinn Hoff in your lineup. I'm guessing. Yeah, you had God. I, I think you've you've basically skipped all of the all of the Dominator options. You may have built with Kyle Busch, and then you've gone with a bunch of these six and seven K guys. And yeah, you've you've added a you've added a added a punt. If like if he we're, we're telling you to start over, but if he wants to put in just like how he reached this can reach this conclusion and how he got there. I'd love, I'd love to hear it. Yeah. 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 It's uh James. You want to put that there in the YouTube chat? We will definitely, uh, you know, talk about that. Uh, next one says, Phil, as a playoff race, do you think this will be a wreck fest or a green race? I th- think, I mean, the, the, the assumption that, that I've, that I've had, especially was at Las Vegas, that it was going to be a, it was going to be a green race, and I mean that did not that did not pan out whatsoever. Um, like the the very nature of this track would suggest that it's going to be a that it's going to be a clean race. Let me look over over here. Yeah, for the for the majority of Kansas races, I'm looking here at race reference. If anybody wants to wants to know, just Google search race reference Kansas Speedway, and, and you'll look at what I'm looking at. But as far as cautions, the last couple of years, and this also includes the stage cautions, it's gone 11, 7, 7, 3, 
six, and then in 2017, it jumped up to 10 and 15. So for like the most part, we're looking at si at single digits here, and that's including the, the stage mm -hmm. cautions. Like, I I think it should be it should be clean, and probably the majority of your wrecks are going to be single car single car spin outs. But crap, the, the the way that this season has has gone, it very well could just be you know, a, a mess. Mm -hmm. I, I know uh, someone had asked for your, your pick to win the race. I'll, I'll, I'll preface it this way. Who, who do you look at and you say, you know what, man, they, they've, they've got a, the highest probability of winning. It's, it's super chalky this week, but the, like if I was just straight, straight betting, this would, it would be a Denny Hamlin. Mm -hmm. He's won back-to-back -back races. He's won back-to-back -back races on different circumstances. The June race was a, was a night race in the summer. He won this event la last year, kind of under cir similar circumstances that we're that we're gonna gonna see. Um, he's run really well at the intermediate ovals. Uh, the, the thing that you know, I talk about this being chalky. Dan Beaver he writes an article on on Roto World for NBC. That's the guy that that he's going with. Um, the uh, one of the one of the the writers for the, for the Athletic, he has an article on Bet uh, MGM. Mm -hmm. Hamlin Hamlin was his pick. It like it it just it, it lines up so perfectly for for Hamlin to to win this race. But I, I think that that's going to probably be the the way that a majority of people are going with this uh, this week too. Mentioned about that question about the eight thousand left over. Uh, James comes back responds. He goes, Kozlowski, my highest driver. And John Hunter Nemechek, my lowest, but I'm going to start over. Okay. I like Keselowski as a, as a dominator option this week. And we talk about this, you know, he's a former winner here. He's, he's run well as run well himself. Uh, John Hunter Nemechek. Nemechek ha has a, has a good history in, in the, in the, the four, the four races that are they're using this tire package, he's run well at intermediate ovals this year. He's a guy that you should definitely have it, have in cash. So that's that build sounds like you're going like a, almost like a singular dominator with with Keselowski, and then just adding in place differential a, after that. Yeah. Uh, by the way, coming up uh, here at one thirty p.m. Eastern time, we'll be NFL on the contrary, Lawfully and Alex. We'll get you ready for tomorrow's NFL action, as I mentioned. Uh, if you do have any last-minute questions, you can uh, fire those right now in YouTube. We'll get that in before we get out of here. Um, you know, kind of, uh, you know, as, as you look at uh, – I, I know we have a lot of single-entry people that, that tune in here. Um, who would you build your lineup around in, in a single-entry? Would it be Denny Hamlin just because of, you know, what you mentioned there about, uh, you know, how everyone is looking him as their pick to win this race? Yeah, and you know, you can you can always do so many different different things ownership wise with your with your single entry builds. Like you can try to uh, worry about ownership at the at the top with your with your dominators, or you can worry at the worry about it with the bottom with your with your place differential guys. And I think that's kind of the 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 direction I like to go because you know it's always going to be your dominators that have the have the highest floor. Uh, I think in single entry this this week, and I haven't really built any single entry teams just yet. 
I'm probably looking to get off of Chase and go with a True X and, and Hamlin build, and then in that in that mid range in the in the eight Ks, I probably am looking to get at, uh, Alex Bowman, like trying to trying to jump on that as a as an owner ownership play. Like I I haven't looked at Alex's update, but I'm gonna guess that we probably don't have Bowman getting that much that much ownership as it as it stands. Uh, I'm just kind of looking down. Yeah, yeah, he's he's under fifteen percent. Yeah, yeah, that 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 would definitely be a a guy that I would probably be looking to to jump at. I mean, th- this is something that I'm going to like during the off season. I am going to just jump in head first into into fantasy cruncher, rewind, and try to try to play around with this and see just what the what the top players were doing in single entry builds. You know, it's something that we mess around with in NFL looking at like combined ownership. And I'm sure that there's like a, a skeleton key to this with combined ownership in, in NASCAR. So for now, we're figuring it out. But hopefully in the offseason, I'll have something to to write about as we go into the 2021 season. Of course, uh, this race is tomorrow. Good luck to everyone out there. Of course, uh, if you ever have a, a question for Phil, you can hit him up. Uh, in our premium Slack channel. Also, you can hit him up on Twitter. He is at Race Sheets. Of course, I am at Jason underscore Floyd. I'll be back with you here at uh, 2.30 p.m. Eastern time for MMA Live for Lock as myself and Josh will get you ready for today's UFC action. But that is going to do it for this edition of the NASCAR DFS Strategy Show right here on awesomeout.com. <laughs>